So if I've not met you before, my name is Helen, and I'm carrying on the series that we've been in called Kingdom Carriers. So it's one of our values as a church that we, as the people of God, can usher in the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God as our king on the earth. So throughout the series, we've looked at, in more depth, things that I will touch on tonight, things like what the kingdom is, what we've looked at, why we have this authority, um, how all of us get to play, no one gets excluded from this. We've looked at our authority in prayer. So if you've missed any of them, I really recommend you to go back and listen to them because I'll be building on some of those tonight. We had Ian last week down from the north and he was talking about how we as kingdom carriers get to proclaim the kingdom. How we can tell people our story and how we can tell them that the kingdom is close and could break in at any minute. And Ian mentioned that today is almost like part two of his talk. And we've touched on it all the way throughout the series, but we're going to look at today at how do we demonstrate the kingdom. So how do we operate in the kingdom work that Jesus has for us? How do we release life in our city and our nation? And how do we banish the darkness that so readily wants to feast on us and our people? So where better to look than in the life of our friend Jesus? So if you've got a Bible, we're going to go into Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. So we're, this is one account of Jesus' life written by one of his friends. But if you haven't got a Bible, it will come up behind me. And if not, we would love to give you one for free downstairs, like Claire said earlier. So before we jump into the passage, I just want to set the scene for you a little bit. So there's this guy, Jesus, and he's traveling around. And a lot of people have started to follow him as he's moving around. And he's talking a lot about this thing, the kingdom of God. What it looks like to live in the kingdom under his reign, how we're to treat people, how we're supposed to deal with our money, how to love people, how to pray, how to relate to God as our father, how to forgive, how to build on a life of foundation of truth, how to rest. But it's not just his teaching that's been causing a stir everywhere he goes. He's been healing people and forgiving sins Delivering people from evil spirits, calming physical storms, hanging out with social outcasts, raising people from the dead, affirming women in a patriarchal society. He's telling stories, talking in riddles, and generally causing a bit of a scene. And Jesus is proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is near, like Ian was talking about last week. But then all of these signs and wonders are following too. He's demonstrating the power of when things come into alignment under the rule and reign of God. Over a life, over a situation, over an environment. And there's a lot of chat around the country of who is this Jesus? Who's this man who has authority to perform miracles? To forgive sins that nature itself obeys? Who heals people and sets people free from things that have kept them captive for years? Who is this Jesus? So if we go into verse 13... When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, 
and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So this is Jesus telling his friend and his follower Peter that he would be integral to the building of the church. The the church which turned out to be this worldwide gathering of people that has continued to grow for over 2,000 years. This is Peter, who before Jesus wasn't a highly educated, respectable teacher in the temple, as you might expect Jesus to give his authority to. He was a fisherman. And in fact, Jesus hung around with a whole motley crew of friends, uneducated tradesmen, hated tax collectors, nobodies in many people's eyes. And yet it's them that he gave his ministry to. And the Bible is full of stories that show them to be angry, misguided, having little faith, proud, jealous. I mean, that makes me feel better because that sounds quite a lot like me. But this passage is Jesus telling Peter the authority that he will give the whole church through him. Because Jesus didn't have a habit of keeping all these miracles to himself. Throughout his time on earth, he gets those who are following him involved. Peter gets to walk on water. The 12 disciples get to be part of this miracle of multiplication of food for 5,000 people from a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Jesus broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to distribute. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the act of the disciples giving out that this bread multiplied. In Matthew 10, Jesus sends the 12 out. He gives them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and illness. As you go, proclaim this message, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, God has beautifully weaved an invitation to operate in the fullness of kingdom authority into our very humanity. Paul spoke back in February, early on in the series, more about this kingdom authority. So please go back and listen to it. But for the sake of today, let's think of it like this. Imagine a signet ring. Nowadays, they're more of a fashion accessory or an heirloom. But traditionally, they had the family crest on. And they were used to seal documents and decrees and um, contracts. Sealed with wax by people in authority or power. And you only had the ring if you had the authority to make those decisions. And Jesus, he tells a story in Luke 15 about a rebellious son who asks his father for his inheritance and then moves far from home and spends all the money on wild living. He then returns home empty-handed and ashamed, but the father runs to him, welcomes him, forgives him, throws a party for him, puts sandals on his feet, a robe on his back, and a ring on his finger. And that's a picture of us. When we run into the forgiving, loving arms of the Father, he restores us to full heirs. He puts a ring on our finger so that we have the authority to make decisions in regard to the estate. It is his kingdom, but he gives you authority to rule. That's how much he trusts you. That's how much authority he has given you. So let's go back to that passage in Matthew with this in mind. This time I'm going to read it in the message translation from verse 19. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. 
A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. The NIV, the version we read before, says to loose and to bind, which is strange language that we don't really use anymore. But it means to release and to hinder. Like this version says, to say yes to and to say no to with authority backed by heaven. What a crazy honor, but what a responsibility. But God trusts you in it and made you for it. We have authority and opportunity to say yes to, to release life, rewrite stories, and beckon in the kingdom of heaven into situations. We have authority and opportunity to say no to, to push back the kingdom of darkness, to set captives free from chains of fear, oppression, and injustice. This is what God has given us authority for. But how do we step into these things? We learn from looking at how Jesus did it. We follow promptings from Holy Spirit as he shows us what the, fa- what the Father is doing. And we get to learn in a family. James spoke earlier in the series about how an increase in our intimacy, our relationship with God as our Father, releases greater authority. In this passage, it's our Father that reveals to Peter who Jesus is. God is our perfect Father. He loves to teach and to parent us and to help us step into more of what he has created us for. Because our Father is always up to something in everyone's life, in your colleague, your housemate, your mum, your brother. He is always pursuing and working and he wants to let us in on it. He wants to include us. So part of my role here at church is that I lead the leadership year with Paul and Dan. And this term, we've been looking at how we continually grow as leaders who have a desperation to see the city know Jesus. A few weeks ago, we took them out treasure hunting, many of them for the first time. And if that's a new term for you, then it's basically a way that we can practice listening to Holy Spirit and practice having the courage to join in with what the Father's doing in the city. We spend time listening to God and asking him for words and pictures for different categories on a bit of a treasure map. So things like people's names, people's appearances, locations, what he wants to speak to them about. And then we all share and then try and pray and work out how we're all going to go out into the city in little groups. And this year we've got 16 wonderful people on leadership year. So it took more than a few minutes to go around everyone and what they got. But I had this moment while everyone was sharing what Holy Spirit had shared with us. Where my eyes filled with tears and I realized that These are people in our city that Jesus knows everything about. He sees their hurt, their miscarriage that morning, their loss, their cancer, their children in hospital, their broken legs. He knows exactly where they are and is ready to send his children to find them, to speak truth and life and healing over them, if only we are willing to go. He is already on the move in this city and this nation. He knows every person by name and has given us the keys to the kingdom. Now, this is not an everyday example. I don't go treasure hunting every day, and I imagine most people in this room probably don't either. But I am surrounded by people every day. And I try and ask the Father when I'm in conversations with people, what are you doing in them right now? Are there questions you want me to ask or things you want me to speak over them in this conversation. 
Sometimes I don't hear anything, but other times I feel prompted to encourage them in something I see the Father doing in them. Or to ask a question that might feel out of the blue in the moment, but really unlock something for them to open up. You see, Jesus wants to use us to release life, to rewrite stories in the city, to pour out his healing, his restoration, and his joy. He wants to use us to set people free from the captivity of fear, the oppression of addiction, the injustice of human trafficking. He is already on the move, and he wants us, he wants you to partner with him in it, to take ownership over our city and our nation, to contend for the kingdom of God, to reign in our lives and in our streets. In John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can, only, he can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. God's not asking us to come up with crazy strategies or plans to take the city. He's not asking us to do anything that he's not already doing. But he is inviting us into the adventure of being involved in what he is doing. Have you noticed in the Bible that Jesus doesn't run into places, tell people what they need, call out their failings, blast them with some kingdom power, and then leave again? He never demonstrated his power in, of the kingdom to prove himself. Jesus' first response to people who were stuck, broken, hurting, lost, was to have compassion. He saw them as individuals, called them by name, affirmed their identity as children of God. Jesus demonstrated the power of the kingdom only in the context of love. He used it to show his love. On this treasure hunting trip with Leadership Year, I was out with Emily, and some of the things that we had on our map were Roth, leafy green tree, blonde lady, walking dogs. So it seemed sensible to start at Roth Rec and approach anyone with a dog. So we were in Rothrec, and we had a few encounters while we were there, but two stand out in particular. Firstly, a lady who we met in the middle of the wreck. And I say met, but if you've ever been to the wreck, you know that it's just a field, and to meet someone in the middle of the wreck involves a bit of a, like, spotting them across, and then walking, pretending you're just casually having a chat, and then they move out the way, and then you kind of keep changing, <laughs> until you just happen to cross them in the middle of an empty field. Turns out we didn't quite play it right and we still needed to do a bit of a slight jog and a excuse me and an apologetic awkward smile as she takes out her earphones and like makes her dog stop. And... But we start this spiel about how we're from the local church. We believe Jesus has asked us to come to the wreck and he wants to bless people there today. And then after telling us that she was an atheist and she didn't believe in God, she teary-eyed, opened up about how she'd just finished chemo for breast cancer and how it was an incredibly hard time for her family. And then we just had the beautiful job of sharing with her that breast cancer was one of the things on her treasure map, that Jesus knew of her pain and sent us to find her, to tell her how much she, he cared. We then had the privilege, after assuring her we weren't gonna do anything too weird, to pray for her there and then, to pray in Jesus' name for healing and for his kingdom to come in this situation and family. And another lady we met, less awkwardly this time, who was, when hearing a bit about church and how we, Jesus had asked us to come and wanted to bless people at the wreck, 
she just burst into tears and explained that her grandson was really ill, which was something we had on our treasure map, and that she was actually out prayer walking while he was in an appointment. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus knew her pain and in his compassion sent us to bring comfort to her and remind her that he knows and he sees her? Jesus was moved by compassion for people, and so should we. Jesus always wrapped kingdom power in love, and so should we. We need to be asking our Father to give us compassion for those around us. For hearts that hurt for people's pain, that hurt at the thought of people not knowing their creator, Hurt at the thought of people not knowing the complete joy and freedom that comes out of living, out of who they were created to be. It's genuine compassion and love that opens doors and releases permission to speak into people's lives. It's Jesus-like compassion that compels us to cry out for his kingdom to come and to pray for and release healing, breakthrough, wisdom, the prophetic. It's compassion that compels us to bind or to stop the works of the enemy, to see people set free from fear, from addiction, from demonic oppression. When our hearts really hurt for a friend that don't know Jesus, we are drawn to our knees to pray for God to move in power, to reveal himself to them and draw them into the fullness he has for them. I've got this friend in church who's been praying for a particular colleague for a couple of years. Um, and she told her recently that every so often she'd get this sense of being warm and really tingly um, when she's washing up or just doing something random. And her response would be, I'm going to text Anna because I bet she's praying for me right now. Because when we pray, they're not empty words that we just throw up into thin air to try and pretend that we're doing something to help. Our words carry power. And they release and bind things with authority that is recognized by heaven. When Jesus is telling the disciples the authority that they have, when he's telling them to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead in Matthew 10, or sending out the 72 in Luke 10, or what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28 to all believers, he doesn't say, by the way, you can do all this cool stuff if you want, but, you know, up to you. He says, go, go make disciples, go and do all that I have done and more. It's part of our mandate as followers of Jesus. It's part of who we were made to be. On that treasure hunting day with leadership year, 20 of us went out for less than an hour. But we had conversations with and offered to pray for 94 different people. And 48 of them said yes. That's over half to being prayed for right there, right then. That's people in our city that have had an encounter with the kingdom. They have been shown that Jesus knows and cares for them. And had moments that potentially have not just changed their day, but changed their life and their eternity. It doesn't have to be a big, organized, treasure hunting thing to release the kingdom. It's just as powerfully released in everyday moments, in everyday conversations. Think of your signet ring. You have the authority to release blessing over people. You have the authority to tell the spirit of fear to go from people's lives. 
you can release people into their potential by calling out character traits of who God made them to be. You can change the spiritual atmosphere of a room and banish the things of the enemy. Now, there might be things this evening that have made your ears prick up. Maybe it's being able to hear from God that specifically. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's praying for your friends that don't know Jesus. Maybe it's seeing miracles or deliverance. Whatever it is, I want to say to you tonight that it is all available to you. You are not disqualified. You get to join in the adventure of learning from our Father who, how to step out into more of who he created you to be. So find a way to learn how to operate in these things. If you want to learn to change the um, spiritual atmosphere, join our intercession team. If you want to learn how to pray for healing, join the team next Saturday going out treasure hunting. If you want to learn how to hear from God specifically, ask your small group leader. Ian shared last week about John Wimber and this story of how he was reading the Bible and was confused and frustrated at reading all these cool things that Jesus did and then they just talked about them. They never got to do them. Why don't you be the one asking your small group leader, when do we get to do this stuff? Because demonstrating the kingdom is not about proving our relationship with the Father through crazy miracles or having amazing stories to tell. It's about surrendering our day and our agenda before our Father. It's about having an attitude that expects and welcomes a breaking in of the kingdom in our everyday. Just imagine what our city would look like if we woke up every morning and asked the Father what he had for us that day, who he wanted us to meet, what was going on in their lives, what he wanted us to release in the kingdom or to stop the enemy doing in different situations. What if we entered every room, every conversation, asking our Father to give us compassion for each person that we met and for opportunities to share his love with them? What if we lay down our excuses, our busyness, our pride, and said yes to being who we were made to be, kingdom carriers? Because it's his invitation to us tonight to take this seriously, to appoint ourselves as representatives of the kingdom in our spheres of influence, to say enough is enough to the schemes of darkness and to join in with what the Father is already doing, compelled by compassion to see his kingdom break in as part of our everyday. Because this city, this nation, is waiting for those that will be faithful to our Father who calls us to be kingdom carriers. Shall we stand? <clears throat>